thank you for this privilege of coming together as your children on the first Sunday of this new month. Eighth month of 2023, Lord, you have been so faithful. And I pray, Father, even as we begin in your presence this morning, on the first Sabbath of this month, that for many of us, it will be a new beginning. Yes, Lord, if any man is in Christ, old things have passed away, and behold, everything is made new. Therefore, I pray, Lord, that this day will be a new beginning for many of us. Touch us, O Lord. Speak to us through your word. Strengthen us in our faith. Anoint us with your spirit. Write your law in the deepmost parts of our inner man and cause us to walk in your ways. We praise you. We worship you. For in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. Last Sunday we heard a very powerful word about hell. It's a real place. Hell was never made for for us. It was made for devil and the fallen angels. But devil in his craftiness, he caused Adam to betray God. And the same condemnation which became, which came upon him, we all through our disobedience in Adam became a part of that. But we thank God for the cross. Yes, when we see hell and we look at what it is, I mean the reality of it, we truly understand the mercy of God. It took God to pay for those sins. It is impossible for any man to pay the debt that we owe to God. It is impossible. The psalm writer says, no man in any way can ransom, can pay a ransom for his brother. That he should not see the pit. For the ransom for his soul is priceless that cannot be paid off at all. That's the reality. But thank God for his son. That he experienced that separation on behalf of all of us. He tasted death, it says in Hebrews chapter 2. Taste. You know what taste is, right? I mean, uh, Brother Ed- Edward Williams gives a beautiful example. He says it's like... Uh, our mothers who make chicken curry, uh, they see if the if the chicken curry is cooked or not. You know, in order to check it, they'll take a small piece of it and then they what they do is they taste it. And what do they do after that? They don't swallow it; they spit it out. That's exactly what Jesus did. He tasted death and he spat it out. Okay, so that on on behalf of all of us, he tasted death, that we could be saved from eternal. It's not ordinary. It's not temporary. It is eternal condemnation. Praise God for the cross. Yeah. Cross is a center for our lives. And even as Brother John was praying, um, if we have unforgiveness and all the debts that we owe to God, he will put it back into our account. And I was thinking about it. In other words, the cross will have no effect over our lives if we have unforgiveness in our hearts. All the price that Jesus paid on the cross will become absolutely zero. If we hold even a tiny little bit of unforgiveness or dissent against anybody, 
notwithstanding the fact that they may that they, they might have harmed us and done, done us wrong <laughs> we just forgive and move on okay we forgive and move on as christians we need to have thick skins okay don't become emotional oh she said this he said that just take it if it is like pastor says you know if it does not does not apply let it fly if it applies change and let it fly after that okay that is how you should be smart you should be wise in these days in these days you know you should not allow other people to rent space in your mind okay somebody said no i think derek prince was one who said no this lady was refusing to forgive her husband and he said why are you so unforgiving to your husband she said he ruined 20 years of my life and she derek prince looked at her and he said do you want to do you want to allow him to ruin, ruin the next 20 years of your life what are you going to do that's the reason why jeremiah says how long will you allow wicked thoughts to lodge in your hearts jeremiah chapter 4 How long will you allow wicked thoughts to lodge? They are lodging without paying rent. I mean, NIV says, "How long will you allow wicked thoughts to harbor? They they put anchor and they are staying right there in, in your in your brain, and you just not moving at all. Not even an inch you are moving. You are just there where you were several years when we started. When you started, no, we don't want to be like that. No, we want to move on in the Lord." Okay there should be progress there should be there should be growing in the spirit there should be growing in grace there should be growing in truth there should be growing in the knowledge of god so this morning i titled today's meditation as resolute faith do i have it <laughs> last time we looked at that looked at intentional faith do i have it resolute faith Resol- resolute you know the person uh there's a there's a hymn writer who sang this beautiful hymn he said i am resolved no longer to linger okay i am resolved you sing that song now okay i have resolved no longer to linger in my paths of sin things that are higher things that are nobler these have allured i mean these have allured me and these have actually attracted my sight i have I'm going to follow my savior all the way. So resolution is a very important resolve. You see Christian life is not an easy chair life. If there is no resolution, if your mind is not made up. Like pastor was quoted a powerful four sentence quotation from one man of God. What did he say? The heart desires. The will embraces. The mind justifies. and the conscience sorry the mind calculates or reasons or re- makes it reasonable and the conscience justifies the heart's desi- heart desires the will embraces the mind rationalizes and the conscience justifies that is true for spiritual things and non spiritual things also so if you truly i mean there should be a desire in our heart there should be will that's the reason why john's gospel chapter 7 verse 17 says if anyone wills to do the will of god then he will know of the doctrine okay so this morning we want to have resolute faith resolute faith resolute faith and i want to look at one character from the bible about a person who had this resolute faith before i go there he is found in john's in the gospel according to john Just gospel according to John even as we read through the gospels we find that the gospel according to John is ex- is different from the other gospels very unique in its presentation it's got 21 chapters 21 chapters i mean that is chapter divisions were never there in the in the bible it was made for our uh, for our convenience 
21 chapters and you see in in these 21 chapters you have uh, you have uh, the way john presents it is so unique it's so different from the other gospels talks about jesus as god who was the word in the beginning was the word and the word was with god and the word was god and the word became flesh it's, it says and dwell among us he introduces jesus christ as the word that created and that very word became tabernacled among us it says in john's gospel chapter 1 and we beheld his glory as the glory of the only begotten son of god it introduces starts off like that and introduces a harbinger to the new covenant in the in john the baptist and john the baptist prepares the way of the lord he introduces jesus to his disciples and he very clearly says i am not that guy i am here to f- show you the way to jesus and the bible says when when he is baptizing jesus is walking and he says behold the lamb of god and two of his disciples heard him speak and what did they do they followed jesus and that's what zakpunan wants on his epitaph okay on his tombstone this is what he said when i die okay he said write this on my epitaph on my tombstone they heard him speak <laughs> and they followed jesus so what did he do he pointed to jesus and he left them and he they followed him they, the two of the disciples one was john and the other was andrew and they dwelt with jesus that night and they were they were introduced to the messiah and then they are so excited they say eureka we found him okay that's the word by the way it's in, it's in the bible okay archimedes plagiarized it from the bible i don't know if archimedes was before uh <laughs> before jesus okay eureka we found the found the messiah and then of course they start introducing the messiah to the other disciples that's how john's gospel begins with an introduction of jesus christ the lamb of god who's going to take the sin away sin of the world and then of course this, there are several signs they're not miracles they're called signs in the gospel according to john we see the sign at uh, cana of galilee uh, the turning of water into into wine and then we see Jesus entering to the into into Jerusalem on the day of passover and he sees the money changers he makes a whip drives them out and he and the, and the and the disciples look at his action they say you know they believe the scripture which says the zeal for his house what did he do consumed him and then by the way it says when Jesus did the first sign Jesus Christ displayed his glory to his disciples and his disciples believed on him it says in John's gospel chapter 2 and when he was in Jerusalem during the day of passover during the time of passover he did many signs and miracles many people saw the signs and miracles and wonders they put their trust in they believed in Jesus but it, the bible says rather John's gospel chapter 2 ends with this exhortation or this with this with this with this challenge it says Jesus on his part did not entrust himself to any man because he knew what was in man that's how John's gospel chapter 2 ends and then of course chapter 3 is uh the the in the inter- oh you don't have to <laughs> okay you see chapter 3 is uh is is nicodemus coming to jesus by night and he asks him we know you are you are coming from you came from god nobody is able to perform these signs especially except you are from god and jesus says you know what nicodemus unless you are born again you are born from above you cannot see if you born of the spirit or of water you cannot enter and nicodemus is scratching his head and he says how can i being old enter into my mother's womb and be born again and he, he says you know are you a teacher in israel what are you phd in mathematics cannot teach multiplication and division what are you teaching 
Nicodemus is stunned. And he says, when we speak of earthly things and you do not believe, how can you believe you speak of heavenly things? And then he quotes right from scripture. He goes all the way to the book of Numbers and he says, you know what? As the son of man was lifted up, as Moses lifted up the bronze serpent in the serpent in the wilderness, so shall be the son of man be lifted up so that all who see him might believe. For God so loved the world that he gave. So that famous verse. And of course, John's gospel chapter three ends with, with, uh, all the people trying to trip, uh, John the Baptist saying, you know what? They are going to them. They are going to his church. And you know what John the Baptist says, my favorite dialogue, a man should receive nothing except it is given from him. And he says, I must decrease. He must increase. I am the friend of the bridegroom. He has the bride. This joy is fulfilled. And then he says, he gives the spirit without measure to Jesus. And then John's gospel chapter four is the encounter with the Samaritan woman, the revival in Samaria. John's Gospel chapter 4 ends with another miracle or a sign. The first sign is in Cana and Galilee. Uh, and this man, he hears that Jesus has come back to Cana. He goes and tells him, you know what, my son is really nearing death. Please heal him. And Jesus says, except you see signs and wonders and miracles you cannot believe. Okay, your son lives, son lives go. And he believes, takes the word and he goes and he, and he comes to realize that his son was healed at the very hour he spoke the word. And then comes a very interesting chapter, John's Gospel chapter 5. It's as a, there's a twist that is going to happen in the plot. John's Gospel chapter 5 talks about this guy who is at the pool of Bethesda for 38 years. Jesus comes to him and he says, do you want to be made whole? He starts giving excuses like all of us. And then he says, boss, pick up your mat and walk. You know, sometimes all of us have to do the same thing. It is enough of complaining and gumbling and, and pointing fingers. Pick up your mat and walk. And then, it is when the twist in the plot. Till then, they were so happy with the signs and the wonders and the miracles, but this sign and wonder happens on the Sabbath and they are all upset. They, they begin to ask him questions. Who are you? Who are you? The Bible says, they begin to persecute him. Because he did it on Sabbath. Now what happens? The very sign that Jesus performed, now makes people his enemy. and They want to kill him. You should see the number of times in the gospel according to John, it says, they tried to lay hands on him. They tried to lay hands on him. They wanted to kill him, etc., etc., etc. But his time was not yet come. His time was not yet come. His time was not yet come. John's Gospel chapter 6 talks about the feeding of the 5,000. Right? And then they see the miracle and they want to make him king. Jesus says, you know what? He realizes that and he says, okay, fine. He goes on top of the mountain. He sends the disciples away. He sends the crowd away. And he goes and prays. They all come back to him and he says, Master, 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 where are you, Rabbi? Jesus says, I know, why, do you, why are you following me? <laughs> you had food and therefore you want the food and therefore you followed me. Don't labor for the food that perishes. Labor for the food that gives eternal life. And by the way, you know how John's Gospel chapter 6 ends? Unless you eat my flesh and drink my blood, 
you will not be a part, you will have no part in me. And many of his disciples said, this is a hard teaching. Who can accept it? And they left him. And they followed him no longer. And the Bible says, he looked at the 12 and he says, do you also want to go away? And they says, Peter says, Lord, where should we go? You alone have the words of life. And then you know what Jesus says? Did I not call 12 of you and one is the devil? You know what happens after that? After John's gospel chapter 6, John's gospel chapter 7, there is a division that is happening. People are getting, taking sides. Either you're on the side of Jesus or you're against Jesus. And that's the reason why, you know, C.S. Lewis makes a powerful statement. He says there are only three options. He said Jesus is either, either he's a liar, he's a lunatic, or he is Lord. Liar, lunatic, or Lord. And the Bible says, Jesus himself says, he who is not for me, he's against me. He who does not gather with me, scatters abroad. And you should see John's gospel chapter 7 is a total chapter of confusion. People are have, have they, you should see the power of unbelief, by the way. They want to believe, some people believe, some people do not believe. And there's a division that is taking place between the believers and the unbelievers. The people who, who has, whose hearts have become softened and whose hearts have become hardened. So hardened. John's Gospel chapter 8 starts with these people who catch a woman caught in adultery in the very act and they bring him to Jesus and he says, in the law it says you should stone her to death. What do you say? I mean, I like, I like Art Katz in his exposition. He says, you know what? He was reading the Bible. He was an unbeliever. He was an atheist. He was a man who lived a debaucherous lifestyle. And he was going through John's Gospel chapter, chapter the, 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 the entire episode, uh, Gospel of John on a steamer from, uh, if I'm right, from Italy to Palestine. On a steamer. Okay, steamer means, not a steamer means is a ship, okay? It's, a, it's called a steamer. Hmm? On a steamer. Those days, those days it's called a steamer. So he was, he was reading through John's Gospel chapter, chapter 7 and he comes to chapter 8. This woman caught in adultery. Now he's already falling in love with Jesus now. He's, re- he's read through chapter 7 and he's come to chapter 8 and he's reading to ch- uh, reading the first the first episode. He's reading through this person's life who's caught in adultery and that very moment the Spirit of the Lord comes, comes to him and convicts him and he says, you know what? You are this woman! And you know what? What he does? He's reading and they ask Jesus this question, what are you going to do to her? Are you going to stone him or stone her because she was caught in the very act? He closes the Bible with his heart in his mouth. What is Jesus going to do? What is Jesus going to do? Because that woman is me. And you know what he does? With fear and trembling. Look, this is atheist boss. <laughs> you should read his testimony. It's powerful. It's, okay. It's with fear and trembling. He opens his, it, he opens the Bible and he starts reading the next word that Jesus speaks that comes out of his mouth. He who has no sin. He who has not committed sin. No, 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 cast the first stone and the Bible says all of them from the oldest to the youngest were cut in their heart. They were pierced in their conscience. You know what Art says? At that moment, he put his Bible down and he started crying and said, Lord, you are my savior. You are my savior. 
You know what? John's Gospel chapter 8 starts with they wanting to stone the woman caught in adultery. You know how it ends? They want to take stones and they want to stone Jesus. <laughs> you see, they want to stone Jesus now. Huh? And of course, chapter 9 and chapter 10 talks about this man who was born blind. From now on, every sign is going to turn against him. You think you do good to people, they will embrace you. Oh, no, 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 no. I'm telling you, my brothers and sisters, this is a, this is a lesson for all those people who are in Christ. Second Timothy chapter 3 verse 12, all those who desire to live godly lives in Christ Jesus will be felicitated, persecuted. No, 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 no. You desire to live a godly life in Christ Jesus. That is the reason why John's gospel chapter, chapter 9, chapter, you, you, the entire epistle of John, you either by the end of the chapter, you should either prostrate on the floor and say, Jesus is Lord, or you have to hate him and walk away. There is no other option for you. There is no other response left. By the way, every Bible, every part of the Bible is that. Chapter 11, of course, Lazarus is raised from the dead. And poor man, he didn't want to come back, I believe. But he came back regardless. And now, he's seated at the table in chapter 12. Everybody has come now. Because Jerusalem is not very close, not very far from Bethany, where Lazarus' house is. And the Pharisees are so upset. They, in chapter 7, they have sent the, 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 the soldiers or their body or, or their guards to arrest him and they came back, came back without arresting him and, and they asked him, why did you come empty handed? And you know what they said? No man spoke like this man. No man spoke like this man. Now the whole world is going after Jesus. You know what they want to do now? They want to kill Lazarus too. <laughs> It's remarkable. Interesting, okay? In other words, you try to follow Jesus and you live the resurrected life. You become, you come into the crosshairs of the people who are Pharisees, who are pretenders, because your life convicts them. Chapter 12. And you know how it ends? Many of the leaders believed in Jesus, but because of the fear of the Jews, they did not completely trust him because they chose the honor that comes from man than the honor that comes from God. And chapter 13 is powerful. All the signs are over. Now you know what Jesus does? He enacts Philippians chapter 2. He puts away his robe knowing that he came from the father. Now he's going back to the father that all the things have been given to him into his hands. What he does? He takes the feet of his disciples, the position of a bond servant. He takes away his robe. He did not take the equality with God to something to be grasped. He took on himself a form, bond servant of a man, so a, a form of a man, a form of a bond servant, and he starts washing everybody's feet. 
And he says, you know what? What I do, you will not understand now, but later. He comes to Peter. He says, Lord, you can't wash my feet. Peter, if I don't do this, if I don't do this, you do not have any part in me. You know what Jesus, Peter, Jesus says, uh, Peter says, Lord, so please give me a nice bath also. No, and he said, no, 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 no. You already are clean because of the word. And then he finishes this entire act, comes and sits down and he says, looks at his disciples and he says, you know what I did? You call me master, you call me Lord and all that is true. But if I being a master and a Lord have washed your feet, you also ought to what? What? Wash one another's feet. And he says, you know what? One of you is going to betray me. One of you is going to betray me. Everybody's upset. John is like leaning on the breast of Jesus. And Peter's like, who is this fellow? Who's going to betray? Ask him, ask him, ask him. You're the closest, no? All the secrets he will tell you. Lord, who is going to betray you? The person whom I'm going to dip this bread and give that person is going to betray. So he dips and he gives to Judas. Gives to Judas and nobody thinks it is Judas because they, they have a very high regard for Judas, by the way. He was a perfect pretender. Pretender of the first order. Hypocrite number one. He could fool all the disciples. The closest to Jesus got fooled by, by Judas. So even when Jesus said that this is a fellow who's going to betray, he was acting so well. I mean, like, like, like when uh, John Wesley was praying, he was saying, Lord, enable us not to be pretenders. Because Jesus knows us through and through if our heart is for him or not. And then he says, he looks at him and he says, Judas, you know how John Scalpel chapter 13 ends? Satan having put into the heart of Jesus, heart of Judas to betray him. Satan having put this thought into the heart of Judas to have betrayed him. You know what it, what it says? Once he takes the, 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 the bread, you know what it says? Satan entered Judas and looks at him and he says, what do you have to do? Do it quickly. So he goes out into the dark, away from the presence of God, away from the protection of God, away from the provision of God. And you know what he says? Later on, he goes and hangs himself. And you know what now Jesus says? Now he says, Lord, I thank you. And then you have 14, 15 and 16 and most in Intimate lessons he speaks to his disciples and he says, now I no longer call you my servants. I call you my friends. You know, see that process to becoming a friend of God is, 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 is really, really not easy. Okay. You cannot say, I'm a friend of God. He calls, Are, what song is that, Baba? You know, when Jesus, when Abraham was called the friend of God, you know, when he was called the friend of God, it says when he was ready to offer Isaac on the altar, according to James chapter two. That is when he was called the friend of God. And then what the, what the angel of the Lord says, now I know that you fear me. That means the fear of the Lord and friendship with God go hand in hand. F and F. Otherwise you get a big F. Fail. You sing, I am a friend of God. I, I'm so scared of such songs. He calls me friend. No, 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 no. Not yet, not yet, not yet. Many of you. No, 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 no. He calls him friends now. I know he says, now that I told you that I'm going away, your heart is filled with sorrow. But let me tell you something. I will come back to you again 
You know what? In the form of the Holy Spirit. And your joy will be what? Complete. John's Gospel chapter 17 is a high priestly prayer of Jesus. He calls him Father. How many times? Six times. Holy Father! Righteous Father! Father, 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 Father! The way that I loved you and the way that you loved me and how we were united together, let that same love be among them. Lord, let them know that the way you love me, the same kind of love that you had for me, you have for these people who stayed with me all these days. Let them experience you as Father. Chapter 18, chapter 19. He's betrayed, he's sentenced to death, and he's crucified. Chapter 20, he's risen from the dead. Chapter 21, he restores Peter, especially. And he tells Peter, when you were a young man, you went wherever you wanted to go. But when you become old, somebody else would lead you where you do not want to go. But you will still go. And then by this he says, he was prophesying the kind of death he's going to glorify God with. This is a perusal, okay? This is, uh, if you peruse through the Gospel according to John, this is a, this is something which I wanted you to get the framework because I was reading through the Gospel according to John. I loved it through the week. I just want you to get to the mood of the Gospel as to what, what is happening on all these chapters, okay? And what is the whole purpose of the Gospel? The purpose statement of the Gospel according to John is given in 2030. This vision, 2030. Okay, John's Gospel, chapter 20 and verse number 30. Can you please put it for us, please? <clears throat> 30 and 31, okay? Together. 30 and 31. Alright. And truly, Jesus did many other signs in the presence of his disciples which are not written in this book. Which are not written in this book. But these are written. What are these? Huh? What are these? Yes. Krutika is my very good student. Okay. Signs and wonders are written that you may believe that Jesus is the son and that believing you may have this is the purpose of the gospel according to John science and wonders as, I, as, I, as we already know the word miracle is not mentioned although KJV talks about miracle it's not a miracle it's a sign one of the first things that he says that Jesus did not perform Miracles he performed signs. And why did he perform signs? We don't have to speculate. We don't have to speculate. Okay? Why did he perform signs? Yeah. Oh, John. Okay, thank you, John. Thank you, John. You're treating John, okay? <laughs> Thanks, John. So, we don't have to speculate. It says in John's Gospel, chapter 6, verse 26 and 27. 26 and 27. Uh huh. Let's read it. Jesus answered them, why are signs given? The purpose, okay? So that we might believe him, right? But what is the purpose, the main purpose of the sign? Jesus answered them and said, most assuredly I say to you, you seek me, not because you saw the sign, but because you ate the loaves and were filled. Why do we, what do we, what is the purpose of the sign? So that we might seek him for not what he gives, but for what he is. In any relationship for that matter. 
what is a complaint many people will say when the when a, when a, when a relationship relationship goes sour he or she used me and i feel used and then he goes on to say next verse 27 do not labor for the food that perishes in telugu there is a saying koti vidyalu kooti korake meaning all the education that you get is to fill your stomach with food all the skill that you earn is to I mean that's a very sad statement no in other words i did my phd etc etc why to earn three meals a day I mean, it's actually very sobering to think that. But then you know what? He says, don't labor for the food that perishes. Now this food, what, is, what does food do? When you eat food, what happens? No, 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 no. Strong in a little bit. When you eat, uh, what is that, burger, you don't become strong. Uh, you actually become weak. Okay. You are what? Satisfied. Okay. You know, that's what we say, no? we had we are satisfied now he says in other words you search for food because food has a has an inbuilt quality in it to satisfy not just our hunger but our pleasure therefore there is food which gives us satisfaction which is temporary that's why he says don't labor for that food but labor for the food which gives you what oh eternal life meaning what where there are pleasures forever now this is an example that brother paul washer in one of his sermons he taught this i mean this image stick to my mind no he says you go to heaven okay day number 1 if you can divide heaven in days okay day number 1 in heaven you see the glory of god you know what happens to you you go mad and you know what you know what how you you talk when they watch a movie mama pitch ke poindu mama you know they say no this is sort of crazy movie no what a movie what an idea what a thought and in fact they go to the movie after are you seen that scene you saw the nuance in that movie you saw this you know i i, I remember having seen this movie terminator judgment day hmm? that guy walks through the bar right he's a liquid okay he walks through that bar and you know what his gun gets stuck have you seen the details you don't watch details no i'm like what the you know said how did he even think like that no you see i mean you go crazy when you watch the detail like that you know you, 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 you want to watch this movie and we watched some movies like 27 28 times reviewed it and every time you like oh baba pitch ke you know what that is nothing today if i want to watch matrix i will vomit okay because the people who made the movie when i saw it first were watcherski brothers now they are no longer watcherski brothers they are watcherski sisters <laughs> okay now i will vomit now you go to heaven you see god day number 1 your mind will blow up and the problem is as much as your mind blows up stuck much it will expand 
You understand what I'm saying? Boom, it goes. And you say, Baba, and you come back home and you say, today you did you see Jesus? Sorry, Baba, too much, too much, too much. Next day you go. That is day number one in eternity. Next day you go. Your mind blows up even more. And you come back home. That is going to happen what? Forever and ever and ever you will go to Jesus. Take that crown if you have a crown. Okay. Okay. You will put it at his feet and he said, Oh Lord, I worship you. I love you. Thank you for dying for the, on the cross for me. You are holy, 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 holy. Enjoy it. Come back home. With your crown again. Expect you go, go back home, go back to the worship center, whatever it is, you go crazy and crazy, crazy to the bar of infinity. Asymptotically, you will go crazy. That is unbelievable. But you know what he says? On the other hand, there is a pleasure which is in the world which only gives you temporary satisfaction. But the problem is, problem is, many of us are deceived into thinking that this is permanent. Because we see it tangible. How many of you know the name Kai Sinat? Uh, Kai Sinat. Anybody? Not watching news? Mm-hmm. Okay. Kai Sinat is a YouTuber. Just recently, Fox News gave this news. YouTuber. Very famous YouTuber. Who wanted to give a PlayStation consoles for free. In New York City. So he made an announcement on his Instagram page to all his followers at such and such a time in New York City. Yesterday only it happened. Day before yesterday. Such and such a time in New York City. I am giving away playstations for free. The entire streets were filled with young people. Nobody comes to a revival meeting like that. They risked their lives to get a free PlayStation console. No, they didn't get it. They were unconsolable. What a generation. What a generation, my dear brothers and sisters. We are living in a generation because they have not been given this alternative in God. And because their teachers, like Pastor, I mean, when John John was praying, he was telling me, you know, Lord, so many times we were such bad examples. I, I, I believe it is true in my life too. I was not as excited I was supposed to be for Jesus. When they look at my testimony, they say, my goodness, this God is, my father is crazy. What kind of a God is it? Does he worship? Why is he crazy about this God? And you know what Jesus is saying? Do not labor for that meat which perishes. What a stupid video game. How stupid it is. PlayStation. I mean, I cannot even imagine the stupidity of a PlayStation now. It attracts you. You can, you're, you're willing to risk your life. You're willing to risk a stampede to get a free PlayStation. What kind of a generation are we living in? You know why? Because we have not been presented the alternative in God. The signs that Jesus gave were designed and calculated precisely so that they can touch the inner man of our spirit and awaken that hunger and thirst for God and cause us to follow him. But the problem is we get lost in the miracle and we do not follow 
the miracle giver. You know what Moses says, and therefore he says, you know what, Lord, 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 if I have found grace in your sight, what is that? Show me your ways so that I might continue in your grace. In Telugu, it's very interesting. In other words, I can continue, so that I can continue in the grace that you have given me. I want to know your ways so that I can continuously experience the grace of of God in my life. Mm -hmm. So what happened? We have lost ourselves in the in the, in the intricacies of the miracle. How is it performed? How is it not performed? Is it possible? Is it not possible? For God, everything is possible. You sent Chandrayaan. Okay, you understood some physics. Gravitational, Newton's laws, you understood at a higher level, that's all. And you will put a probe in the moon. For what, Baba? For what? For what? You know, there's a very interesting uh, sentence in uh, Genesis chapter 11. Excuse me. Genesis chapter 11 says, They made a tower which will reach to heaven. They were making and making and making. And the Bible says, God came down. I mean, you're trying and trying, you cannot reach me. Okay, let me come down. What are you trying to make, Baba? What are you, <laughs> what are you trying to make? Huh? All that money. Of course, of course, of course. We are not as expensive as NASA. We can make the same that NASA makes at a percent of the fraction of the budget of NASA. Oh, great. So great. So I mean, so what, should, what am I supposed to do now? As is, Does it have the capacity for me to exit these heavens and reach the heavenlies? When I know the heavens all that we see are going to be rolled up like a what? Scroll. Tuck, tuck, tuck. Like a handkerchief. Tuck, tuck, tuck. And you'll throw into the this space-time fabric of universe that Einstein <laughs> imagined and envisaged. He's going to just fold it and throw it into it's going to make a new heaven and a new earth. What laws? I do not know. I can only what? Imagine. Aha. Imagine, imagine. So, John's Gospel chapter 20 verse 30. Let's go back there. The three purposes for the sign. Purpose number one, that you might seek Jesus. Purpose number two, that you might believe that he is the Christ, the Son of God. Purpose number three, in believing, you may have life. And what kind of life? Eternal life, life forevermore. Because a lot of people believe until they get the miracle, they only believe for the miracle, but they have not believed for what? Life! There is believing, and there is believing. For God so loved the world that He gave His Son, only Son, begotten Son, that whosoever, you know what the word is actually? Whosoever continues to believe in Him will continuously experience eternal life. Okay, so what kind of a life are we talking about? We are talking about eternal life, not just temporary life. The life that is forever. So that you can keep your focus on the unseen and not on the seen. Even your marriage. I like what John Piper uh, 
title for his text, not a textbook, his uh, his book on marriage. You know what he called it? This light and momentary marriage, not affliction, marriage. Okay. <laughs> that is tongue in cheek, though. Uh, but uh, but I, I like the, the the title. Even this marriage that you're thinking that, oh, when am I going to get married? When am I going to get married? People who got married, why did we get married? People who did not get married, oh, when am I going to get married? This is a continuous cycle. Whom am I going to get married to? Will I have a home? What curtains will I have? Etc. 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 Okay, all the dreams. You know, I'm not against all all those things. But you know what? We've got a home in. Glory land that outshines the sun. Kya baat hai? My wife was singing, kya baat hai? No? I was like, okay, that's my word. Okay. She plagiarized it. No, whoever was plagiarized it. No? <laughs> so we, all these people who are researchers, they have all these problems. Of, uh, he copied from me. She copied from me. He copied from me. So it's like, oh, what can we do? Huh? It's, what kind of a life? Eternal life. So this morning, what is the purpose of the sign? As I said, to seek him, to believe that he is the son of God, and in believing that you have what? Life. So many people saw the signs. But truly, very few people followed the sign to its logical and intended conclusion, that is to find Jesus Christ. All that to introduce the hero of today's plot. John's Gospel, chapter 9. Okay. John's Gospel, chapter 9. We have time? No. Time? Which celebrity got time in the market? Okay. Today we have no problems at all. Jesus is just a sneeze away. Hmm? <laughs> yeah. John's Gospel, chapter 9. Let's read. Go through all the verses. Okay. Overview. John's Gospel, chapter 9, and let's read from verses 1 to 3. Now as Jesus passed by, he saw a man who was blind from birth. Born blind. Uh, like, you know, equivalent to all, all of us. I mean, equivalent for sure. We are all born in sin, shaped in iniquity like this man. Now, but look at some interesting observations that the disciples tried to make. You know? And his disciples asked him, saying, Rabbi, who sinned? This man or his parents, that he was born blind. <laughs> I mean, they want to make him into the theological. It's like a, uh, you know, when you go to uh, uh, hospitals, there will be a, a, a doctor. If you go to especially Gandhi Hospital, there'll be a doctor and there'll be students from Gandhi Hospital. Okay, when I was young boy, I was about Abigail's age, maybe six or seven years old. I was a crazy fellow. I was jumping from buildings. Okay. And my parents did not know. So our thrill was jumping from top floor to the sand on the, on the, on the, on the ground. Okay. So we jumped and jumped and jumped and jumped. I'm not going to, I'm not going to allow all this. Okay. <laughs> okay. We used to jump and jump and jump and jump. And what happened one day? I started limping. And my mother was looking at me and she says, why is this fellow limping? And a limp and a limp. They took me to railway hospital. And uh, they took the x-ray and everything. And the doctor said, your son has polio. That night my mother was crying and crying and crying. And I was like, I mean, they didn't tell me what happened to me. Okay. <laughs> of course, I'm 
Everybody's problems are unique. Everybody's background is unique. And therefore, we have to be very careful. We need to be careful. Otherwise, what happens is that we start discussing the person just right in front of him. Think about this beggar, no? Who's in This fellow or his father? What will he feel? What is he going through now? And he said, Baba, I'm becoming an object of discussion. How insensitive. But look at the way, the way Jesus answers. John's Gospel chapter 9 and verse number 4. Yeah. Oh, sorry, sorry. Just verse number 3. Verse number 3 and 4. Together, please, if you don't mind. 3. Jesus answered, Neither this man nor his parents sin, but that the works of God should be revealed in him. So what is the purpose for this particular particular uh, problem that he's so facing? So that the works of God may be revealed in him and through him. Manifest. KJV uses the word manifest through him. And then he says, I must work the works of him who sent me while it is day. The night is coming when no man can work. <clears throat> Very nice. So, question therefore is, what is the work of God? That has to be made manifest in this person. We need to ask this question. The, prop, the question number one, therefore the most important pertinent question when we read this verse is, what is the work of God that he's talking about? Therefore, we don't have to turn so far away from the gospel according to John. Let scripture interpret scripture. Let's see John's gospel chapter 26. Sorry, chapter 6, verse 28 and 29. Verse 28 and 29. What does it say? Then they said to him, what shall we do that we may work the works of God? Jesus answered and said to them, this is the work of God. Look at this. So precise. This is the work of God that you believe in him whom he sent. This is the work. In other words, to believe in Jesus Christ is by faith and there are works that accompany that belief that you have in Jesus. Did you understand that? Okay. This is the work. This is the work. What is the work? That you believe in me. In other words, believing in Jesus is not passive. It is active. Okay. There's something that, that's the reason why I'm talking, we are talking about intentional faith, resolute faith and things of these natures because there is something which is there in a person who believes that Jesus is the Messiah. Something transformative about, about that. That he's not going to be passive about his belief. There's something that he's going to do about it. Mm-hmm. All right. So, Jesus go, go, goes back. Go, go, goes back. Go back to John's Gospel, chapter nine. Was I must work the works of Him who sent me while it is day. The night is coming when no man can work. In other words, if believing is the work of God, if believing is the work, work, work of God, you can do that work only as long as it is what day. In other words, putting your faith in Jesus is not at your convenience, I will do. No, 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 no. Oh no, tomorrow I will believe. Day after tomorrow I will repent. Day after day after tomorrow I will think about it. You see, if you turn with me to 1 John, 1, uh, sorry, 2 Corinthians chapter 6 verses 1 and 2. 2 Corinthians chapter 6 verses 1 and 2. <clears throat> Look at what it says. We then as workers, I like that, 
beautiful, no? You're talking about the work. We, 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 we then as workers together with him also plead with you to receive the grace of God in vain, not to receive the grace of God in vain. For he says, in an acceptable time I have heard you and in the day of salvation I have helped you. Behold, ah, now, 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 now. That is the reason why today if you hear his voice, like, I mean, I will, I'll, what John was praying, I was, I was super, I was so touched. He was saying, you know, Lord, enable us not to get hardened. Because if we do not respond to your word, what is the logical conclusion? What is going to happen to us? You know what is going to happen to us? We are going to get hardened. It's going to be more difficult for us to repent tomorrow than today. Therefore, there is no September. There is only March in the kingdom of God. Okay, today if I miss tomorrow, I'll... No, 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 no. Most of us have become so careless. Ah, it's okay. One day or the other, it's going to happen. Okay, sara, sara, sara. One of the things that I've realized, opportunities when they come to your door, you know what you do? Grab it how? With both hands. That's the reason I like Bartimaeus. Jesus, son of David, have mercy upon me. Shh, no Rap. What, what does he do? I don't care anything about you. You can say any, any, things, any, any number of things that you want. I'm going to shout, you more Lord. So, but the problem here is this, no? The point here is this. This guy is not even shouting. He doesn't even know poor fellow. You know what lesson I learned from this? There could be certain areas in your life which you don't even know that you're blinded to it. And unless and until God unilaterally intervenes into that situation, there's no freedom for you. There's no deliverance. And God does that from time to time. Do you believe in such a God? He unilaterally comes into your life and he just interjects into your sphere of, of influence and he changes the situation. Completely. That's exactly what happened to that, that widow in, 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 in Samaria. In Sarefat. I mean, she's like ready to die. God intervened. Unilaterally. So this person becomes resolved in his faith in seven stages. I'm going to talk about that today, this morning. Let's go back to John's Gospel chapter 9 and look at the miracle first. John's Gospel chapter 9 and verse 6 onwards. <clears throat> Verse 6 onwards, 5, five onwards, enjoy, let's five. As long as I'm in the world, I am the light of the world. Verse 6, when he had said these things, he spat on the ground, made the clay with the saliva, and he anointed the eyes of the blind of the blind man with the clay. And he said to him, go wash in the pool of Siloam, which is translated sent. So he went, washed, and came back, seeing. Oh, what a simple thing, no? He was sent, so he went, he washed, he came back. Four steps. He was sent. So he went. Ah. He washed. Came back. I mean, that is a, that is a sermon in, in itself. I'm not going to go into that sermon today. Hmm? But look at this. How did it start? You can, you know, a lot of, lot of, lot of us, you know, we, we get, we get caught in the details of the miracles. So he spat, he made into a saliva, he put the clay and he put, it's like, you know, madam being recreated all over again, which is all okay. What did he do with that? What did he do? 
He took the thing and what did he do? Ah, that's what you read. Applied. This is all doctors. Ah, what did he do? Let's go back there. Verse 5. Verse 6. Verse 6. He spat on the ground, made clay with the saliva, and he... Adi, 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 point, 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 point. It is not the process. It is the anointing. The same word, kirios. Where do you find this word? Aha. Uh-huh. Isaiah chapter 10, verse 27 in KJV, if you please. <clears throat> Isaiah chapter 10, verse 27 in KJV. KJV, yes, 1027. And it shall come to pass in that day that his burden shall be taken away from off his shoulder and his yoke far from off his neck and the yoke shall be destroyed because of the anointing. Okay, uh, let me just give you the seven steps, okay? You can you can write it down. As uh, one man of God said, note takers are history makers. I believe that with all my heart. <laughs> he says, first, seven things, seven stages. He, he was anointed the first day. Second, he attested. Attested. Third step. He was accosted. 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 Okay. Fourth step. He was abandoned. Fifth step. He was tried to be, he was alarmed. He, they tried to make him alarmed. Okay. They tried to alarm him. Alarm. The word alarm. Okay. He remained adamant. Seven. He was accepted. Anointed, attested, accosted, abandoned, alarmed, adamant, and accept. Seven stages. You can write it down. We're going to do, go through it step by step. So if you do not know the words, the meanings of certain words, today you can know. Okay? The first stage. The first stage is the anointing. Luke's Gospel chapter 4 verse 18, we know this very well, very well, verse 18, let's read that, verse 18 in the normal K- in KJV. The Spirit of the Lord is upon me because he has, what, anointed me to preach the gospel to the poor, he has sent me to heal the brokenhearted, to proclaim the liber- liberty to the captives and the recovery of the sight to the blind. You see, very so clear here, what causes the recovery of the sight, the Spirit of the Lord which anointed Jesus. So, the first work of believing is your response to the anointed word. It's not the clay which is in itself has the power to heal, which is the anointing on Jesus which has got the power to heal. Nothing more than that. He sent forth his what? Word. Uh huh. Second Corinthians chapter 1 verses 21 and 22. Verses 21 and 22. Now he who establishes us, establishes us with you in Christ and has anointed us as God who also has sealed us with the given, with, with, uh, and given us the spirit in our hearts as a guarantee. And why do we therefore come every Sunday morning to the teaching of the word of God? Why, 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 why? Why, why, why? Why do we come? Because we have nothing else to do or nothing better to do. See, whenever you miss class, that means you are saying that telling the professor have something better to do. So if you are not found in the class and you are found in the coffee shop, uh huh. So coffee is better than the lecture. Lecture gives me headache. 
coffee gives me high. Therefore, I better have coffee than attend the class. That's what you're telling the prof. Because that's exactly what happens when I teach, finish the class and I go, are you not there in the class today? <laughs> Sir. <laughs> See, whenever you miss anything, you should absolutely be sure that you are in a better place, not a bitter place. So why do we come for the teaching of the word of God? Psalm 133. Why? 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 Psalm 133. How good and pleasant it is for brothers to dwell together in unity. What happens there? It is like the precious oil upon the head running down on the beard. The beard of Aaron the high priest running down on the edge of his garments. It is like the dew of Hermon descending upon the mountains of Zion. For there the Lord commanded the blessing. And what? In believing you should have what? Life forevermore. So where? what is what is here today, this morning? Do you believe there is life? Oh, I, I hope so. Do you believe there is anointing? The first thing, therefore, is the anointing. Therefore, what happened to him? He responded, he responded to the anointed word. I'll tell you something. You want to get anointing, you respond to the teaching. Galatians chapter 3, verses 2, 3, and 4. 2, 3, and 4. Galatians chapter 3, verses 2, 3, and 4. This is what happens when you are free from the PPT. You know, all the verses in your mind. This only I want to learn from you. Did you receive by the spirit, this, receive the spirit by the works of the law or by huh, hearing of faith? What gives you the anointing is a hearing from faith. So you heard. What did you hear? Go, wash and come back. And what happened? He went because he was sent. He washed and he came back saying, see how simple it is when you do that, when you do the things of God. The problem is you don't do it. The first thing is the anointing. What brings healing and deliverance is, uh, is obedience to the anointed word. And nothing else. The obedience of faith is the only thing that matters. That is a work that comes from faith. He was sent. So he went. He washed. And he, I like that word, came back. We should come to that again. Okay, we'll come back to that again. Let's go back now. To John's Gospel chapter 9. Let's, can you put it in the New Living Translation? Verses 8 and 9. NLT. I like the NLT. No? This is what it says. 8 and 9. Then we can go back to NKJV. Okay? His neighbors and others who knew him as a blind beggar asked each other, Is this the same man? That beggar? Some said he was. Others said, no, but he surely looks like him. You see, already people are divided, no? I, I, I found it very, very interesting, no? When a miracle happens in a person's life, people are divided. Are he, is this the same Vijay? He was not like this before. What happened? People should ask you that question. I remember when the first time when I got saved, okay, I was 18 years old, no? Boy, what a powerful word it was. I came back home. I cleaned up my room for the first time in my life without my mom telling me. Without my mom. I cleaned it up because I was under, uh, okay, what is it? Jurassic, huh? no? And my parents looked at it and they said, what happened to Vijay? 
Okay. And then I came back. I went to college. Smile on my face. My friend looked at me and he said, his name is Anil. What happened to you? Why that joy in your face? What has changed? You see, it is visible, my dear brothers. When God touches you, you can't hide it. Skeptics and the non-skeptics both will say something. Are he is the same. But what is this? Your language changes, the way you talk changes, and the the worst word that can come to your, come out of your mouth is stupid. When all the Sanskritam is coming out of your friend's mouth. And you know, there used to be really, really, uh, I had a friend, Raj, Rajesh Reddy, okay, Rajesh Reddy, and he said, Vijay, what is that scolding, eh? The maximum you can say is stupid. And he could use every name in the book in Telugu. It was the original Sanskritam. Boy, you could, he could invent stuff. And he used to look at me, what is that? Why has it changed? See? That's what, that, that's what happens. You know what happens? Once you are anointed and you respond to the word of God, you attest the work of God in your life through your face. You attest it and you say, you know what? Transformation. Changes you completely. The question is, has, have you changed? Sometimes it is incremental. Sometimes it is drastic. But regardless, regardless, it is, it should be there. Change should be there. Okay, let me give you an example here. Okay. One, uh, let's go to 1st Corinthians chapter number 6. Okay, okay, before we go there, let's, let's move on. Let's, 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 let's go back to, uh, John's Gospel chapter 9 and verse 10. We'll come to that, uh, later again. So he started attesting to the work of God in his life. Verse 10. Therefore they said to him, Let's go back. Uh, I showed you something. Uh, verse 9 and 10. We didn't see, uh, 8 and 9. We didn't, didn't see that. Yeah. Some said he was and others said no, but he surely looks like him. And the beggar kept on saying, I am he. I was blind, but now I see. I see. Very clearly. Everything now. Let's move on. Therefore they said to him, how were your eyes open? Verse 11. He answered and said, a man called made clay and you see, he was very clear. He applied on my eyes now. He anointed my eyes. And said to me, go to the pool of Siloam and wash. So I went. I washed. And I received my sight. What did he do? He came back and then verse, verse 11. Then they said to him, where is he? He said, I don't know. Why? What happened here? Let's look at verse 7. Some intricate details, okay? And he said to them, go wash in the pool of Siloam, which is in translated sense. So he went, washed, and ah, he came back. See, blind people are very sharp, okay? Just because they're, they're blind doesn't mean that they don't know the word. That they, don't, they don't know the way. They know it very well. Very sharp. I had a blind student in my class. Blind student was shocked. Okay. He was given admission into blighting. He was doing a very complicated course. You need to do experiments with it and it's like a hands-on course. Digital logic and processor. 
And he used to tell me, you know, Sir, don't give me an easy paper. Do not just give me an easy paper. I, I looked at it and I said, Why, what self-respect? You don't have to pity me because I'm blind. And you know something? He was better than some of the best students in the class. Sometimes. I was shocked. I'm telling you out of experience. Because I had like a class of 125, one blind student. And he used to have this uh, computer which uh, with his hearing used to type so fast. Very sharp. So this blind man, he went to the pool of Siloam. That means he knew where it was. He washed and he came back. And what did he want to do? He was looking for the one who healed him. This is what I wrote. Faith comes by hearing and not by seeing. The word of God works in those who believe. We walk by sight and not, sorry, not by faith, but by, sorry, not by sight, but by faith. That is important. But when Jesus heals his people, he wants them to follow him. How? Voluntarily. Jesus did not say, wash and come back. What did he say? Just go and wash. He did the third thing. He went, he washed, and he came back. That is the option that we all have. A lot of people, they take all the benefits of the church. And after that, ta-ta. They disappear. It is up to the man who receives the miracle to make the choice. Whether to take the miracle and disappear or to follow Jesus wherever he went. So what did he do? He came back looking for Jesus. I told you, no. What is the purpose of the sign? That you might seek him, that you might believe him and in believing him, you might have what? So there's only one person in the entire gospel according to John who actually Follows the sign to its intended and logical conclusion. What about us? Mm -hmm. Think. Put for thought for us this morning. John's Gospel chapter 9 verse 13 now. Let's, Let's go back. Verse 13 only. They brought him to the, they brought him who formerly was blind to the you know what I like the word Formerly, I like that word. Former, ex-blind man, ex-sinner, ex-homosexual, ex-sodomite, ex-pornographer, ex-cheater, ex-liar, ex-glutton, ex-drunkard, ex, I like that word. It's over. If any man he is in Christ, he is a new creation. Old things have passed away and all things, that is the eighth month for us. 1 Corinthians chapter 6 now. Let's go to 1 Corinthians chapter 6 verses 9 onwards. 1 Corinthians chapter 6 verse 9 onwards. Do you not know that the unrighteous will not inherit the kingdom of heaven? Kingdom of God? Do not be deceived. Okay? Neither fornicators, nor idolaters, nor adulterers. We are not not homosexuals, nor sodomites. We are none of these. Next verse. Nor thieves, nor covetous, nor, nor, what is reviling? Given over to food. You know, one of the things that we in the church tolerate is gluttony. 
the song in song there's a nursery song that we teach our children the aging ape was out of shape because he ate and ate and ate what a song the aging ape was out of shape because he ate and ate and ate and it says whenever the aging ape was given the the the, the cake was cut into several pieces he used to go for the biggest piece and he used to wrap him on his fingers and he said doy not the biggest piece but the piece that is closest to you when the bananas used to come he used to go for the biggest banana so he ate and ate and ate and ate and one day all the little apes found something very strange that happened what happened he wanted to come out of his bedroom but he got stuck in the door he couldn't get out he couldn't come in come in and he said oh i'm out of shape he said and all the little apes said oh aging ape you went out of shape because you ate and ate and ate no lot of people are like cows what the, what, what what do cows do from the morning that fellow takes this much of hay and he puts it on his fellow on his uh, on his that thing pot so he eats the hay after the hay is over what will he do he will send him to the fields now this fellow what does he do in fields that is he relax no 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 he grazes acres and acres and acres acres and acres are finished that is the reason why what happens you know what soil one of the reasons for soil erosion excess grazing and all because of these cows okay so he grazes and grazes and grazes and grazes and grazes he comes back home again the fellow will take one big chunk of dry hay, dry hay and put it on his pot and he eats that again after he finished do you think he stops he says are all that i ate i'm going to bring it out and he's going to eat the whole day what are you reviler of course we do not we are not consumers of of what of food we are consumers of data yeah we love data what data not small data big data gbs 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 are consuming ott number 1 season 1 season 2 season 3 season 4 season 5 season 6 you know how children how, how teenagers are hey we today we saw friends season 1 to 13 what are you doing consuming and consuming and consuming reviling and you boast about it you are you boast about your reviling oh today i saw so many movies we are cows my brothers and after you finish consuming you bring it back and talk about your see the you should you need to understand what you spend time on the most that's what you talk about the now think about it this this, this is a principle in the bible okay remember the animal husbandry technique that jacob taught us he made those uh, speckled uh, this thing speckled uh, and whatever the rods and those uh, things came near the water they used to watch the speckled whatever those sticks and they used to birth what speckled lambs and i'm like thinking what kind of a strange logic is this this is a phd in animal husbandry until the lord taught me something very important and spiritual what you think on and meditate upon all the days of your life that's exactly what you will birth 
You consume and consume and think about food, think about food, think about food. What do you talk, talk about? You know how I made that, how I married that was fantastic. All you can talk about is food or clothes or movies or what have you. And never about the word. Now think about it, no? When was the last time when you came together as believers and you reveled in the word? Have we ate so much of word? Now let us bring it back, ruminate upon it. And meditate upon it. Let it percolate into our minds. Let it change the way we think. How many ex-revilers here this morning? Huh? Think about it, no? I mean, I'll tell you honestly. If you come to me, into my church office, we have three or four friends. Sammy, Peter, and a couple of other guys. What we talk about is only the word. Only. Only the word. I mean, I, I, we, I was on a, I was, I was on a long drive with Pastor Eric when he was going from here to Yamshedpur, no? Boy, 1200, miles we drew. What were we thinking? Talking? We had so many sermons being played. And talking and talking and talking and talking about the word. Every time we go on a mission trip, you should see the, the mind is saturated with the word. And after you finish it, what happens? You are edified, you are exhorted. You come out of the office, we talk in, talk in the office. When you come out of my office, we discuss things. You will not go out the same. I challenge you. You will not go out the same. We are not going to waste time on nonsense. How many of you come and come together as believers and brothers? What are you? Band of brothers? BB? What do you think about? What do you talk about? Hmm? Very important. That is the reason why do not walk in the counsel of the ungodly. Now stand in the way of sinners, not sit in the seat of the, but his delight is in the law of the Lord and in his law that he meditated. Because you know what? In Malachi chapter 3 verse 16 it says all the 316s in the Bible are fantastic. Malachi chapter 3 verse 16 says those who feared God often talked one to another and what happened? A book of remembrance was written. And all those things will be declared dis- dis- declared on one day when we stand before God. You know what those things that you discuss with yourselves? The conversations that you had. Alright, let's move on. Such where some of you, something has changed in his life. He's attested now. First is what? He was anointed. Second is attested. Third, let's go back to John's Gospel chapter 9, verse 14 onwards. John's Gospel chapter 9 and verse 14. Now it was Sabbath when Jesus made the clay and opened his eyes. That's the problem. Verse 15. Then Pharisees also asked him saying, how he received his sight? He said to them, he put clay on my eyes and I washed and I... He is not going to change his testimony. That's what I call resolute faith. Okay. He is not going to be intimidated. Let's go on. Move on. Verse 16. Therefore, some of the Pharisees said, this man is not from God because he does not keep the Sabbath. Others said, how can a man who is a sinner do such signs? See, already what is happening? There's a division. Division is going on. I'll tell you something. Your testimony will divide people. It's not going to be Neutral. 
And then go on. Verse 17. Let's read that. They said to the blind man again, what do you say about him? Because he opened your eyes. He said he's a... How beautiful, no? How did he start? Start. There was a man called... Now, second revelation, he is a prophet. You see how he is increasing in revelation? From a man called Jesus to... He's a prophet. Warren Beersby made a very interesting comment. He says, Are we conservative? Or are we preservative? What are preservatives? People who are preserved, they preserve their traditions. They are what we call as cessationalists. Okay, nothing against cessationists. I love those brothers. Okay, some of them are very godly people, and sometimes they put me to shame. Nothing against them. This is what we believe. This is what we think. So it shall be written, and so it shall be done. Period. We are not going to change one bit. That is preservative. Who is a conservative? Conservative is a man who embraces truth wherever he sees it. Wherever he sees it. A true conservative will always embrace what God is doing and will not oppose. We are to test the spirits. We are to abstain from all appearance of evil. Yes, but also we are supposed to cling to what is good. Oh, I do not do this. I don't do that. You also, you're, you're abstaining, yes. But what do you do? Do you also cling to what is good? Do you embrace something which is good? I can speak in tongues. I said, when I got this gift of tongues, I went and told somebody, oh, thank God he gave me the gift of tongues. He said, there are no tongues. Go on. And when I came back and told pastor, pastor, I told this person, he said, why do you have to share such things with others? This is for you, not for them. If it is good and acceptable and not, and does not contradict the word of God, the spirit of God and the person of Jesus Christ, what are we supposed to do? We are supposed to embrace it. You don't become preservatives of tradition. No, no. We embrace truth. A true conservative will embrace it. Wherever he sees truth. Proverbs chapter 18 and verse number 13. Let's read that. Proverbs chapter 18. He who answers a matter before he hears it, it is what? Folly and a shame to him. In other words, you have to test it. And he said, no, 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 this is nothing. We already know all this, all, all these things. They don't happen anymore. We see how those people fall down. You call that tongues? Are those people are misrepresenting it. They may be abusing it. Just because they are abusing the gift doesn't mean that the gift does not exist. Why do you want to I mean, devoid yourself from some incredible gifts that God wants us to give, wants to give us freely? Another very important principle. Proverbs chapter 18 verse 17. 18, 18, 17, 18, 17, 18, 17. Okay. The first one who pleads his cause always seems right. Until his neighbor comes in. You know, that is the reason we have to be very, very careful. Especially with children. When you enter home. Mommy did this to me. Suddenly, what did mommy do? Oh, bad mommy. That's what he wants from you. Don't be fooled with tears. I'm crying. So what? 
is as if Jesus wept. That is how they equated to. Jesus wept, I also wept. You have to have discernment. Why are you crying? Why are you weeping? Because this, this, this happened. Uh, what did you do? Let me ask mom. Should I ask mom what happened? No, 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 no. No, this is what happened. No, no. See, that, that's exactly what happens. You know, go, you go to pastor. Pastor, you know what this person did to, it, did to me? What did he do to me? This is what he did to me. Oh, bad boy, Vijay. That is not what pastor does. What did you do? See, we have to test. But we have to abstain from appearance of evil, but we also have to what? Cling to what is good. You know what Pharisees are? They already made up a mind. This is it. Messiah is this equation. They have to follow this equation. Otherwise, we will not accept him. You know something? All the greatest scientists, they went against tradition. Why do we like Galileo? Because he went against tradition. They challenged it. Why do we have the Protestant church? Why do we, why do you and, why are you and I sitting here and enjoying the word of God? Because who made it available? Luther, Luther made it available. Protestant revolution, reformation, not revolution, reformation. <laughs> huh? You see? Cling to what is good. This man is not from God. How do you know? That's what even Nicodemus says. Do, does not our law say that even before you, you have to give a chance to the man to explain himself. Why are you coming to conclusions like that? Because you are a preservative and not a conservative. Mm-hmm. You want to preserve your tradition. You know something? More followers of Jesus, you know what they say? What is going to happen to us? What is going to happen to our seats? The, the Romans are going to come and attack us. The focus is what? Us, 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 us. And one guy gets up and he says, it is expedient that a man man should die for the sins of others. And ultimately they do what? They kill him. Mm-hmm. Therefore, you know what? Remarkable thing is, what happens to him? Let's go back to John's Gospel chapter 9 verses 16 and 17. 17, we'll see. 17. They said to the blind man again, what do you say about him? Because he has opened your eyes. We already know that he is not from God. Because he does not obey the Sabbath. What do you say? What does he say? He is a prophet. Let me tell you something, my dear brothers. Some personal testimony that God did in your life is tangible. Nobody can say anything against that. Something personal has happened to you. God came through. God will come through. I mean, I can say so many things in my life, for sure. But one thing, because from my own life, I can say. You know, there was a time in my life, my papers were getting rejected left, right and center. And I was accused of self-plagiarism. I didn't even... some. Think something like that existed. I got back a report from a from a reviewer saying that you plagiarized from your own work. And I said, what am I supposed to do? You are supposed to cite the work that you already did. I said, I did not know. And my papers were getting re- rejected left, right and center. And at one point in time, I said, I finished my papers. I, I submitted this to a conference. I went to the Lord. I begged him. I pleaded with him. 
Abigail was born. Okay. There was a deadline. She was born on March 4th. The deadline for the papers was March 5th. I mean, I like the people in Japan. But those people were supposed to, I mean, I'm not deriding anything, no? They were supposed to sponsor the conference that I'm that I was supposed to send my paper to. May 5th, 2011, there was a tsunami. Where? In Japan. So they postponed the submission for the conference by one month. So I had one month because of Abigail. I was, I couldn't spend time in the lab. So I went back to the lab. I said, because of what happens when the deadline increases, the number of submissions also increase. So there were supposed to be 1,500 papers in the conference. Now because the deadline got increased, almost close to 3,000 papers were sent to the conference. 3,000. And three months, I was pleading and pleading and pleading and pleading and only one prayer. <laughs> Lord, enough, Lord. Enough of reject, 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 reject. Lord, 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 enough. Do something, do something, do something, do something, do something. And the Lord came through. Out of 3,000 papers, 600 papers got accepted. One paper from India. And that was mine. Now, what do you think? Miracles don't happen. God does not answer prayers. Shut your mouth. Personal testimony. Healings don't happen. Shut your mouth. What can you say? I am healed, Baba. What are you trying to say? You can't be healed, Ray. This does not happen. Can you see the power of unbelief? You know, I'm telling you, some of us are still trapped in unbelief. Let us do one thing, okay? As a corporate body. Let us all say, I renounce unbelief in Jesus' name. Say that everybody. One, two, three. Oh, no, 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 no. Let's, let's do it together, okay? One, two, three. I renounce unbelief in Jesus' name. How to say that? Because the word of God has got the power to work in those who believe. There's a sign, my dear brothers. And the sign that has, has to lead you to the logical conclusion. And you are trapped there. You know why? Because you are trapped by your prejudices. This cannot happen. This cannot happen. This cannot happen. Who told you? Are you gone? Are you gone? He who upholds everything by the word of his power. Who made the entire world by the word of his mouth. Why do we have an atom bomb? You know why? Because they found out that everything is held by the word of his power and they found a way to disintegrate it. And that is what happened. The atom bomb came into existence. They were able to harness the power of God in that bonding between atoms and electrons. What holds you together? Not your science, not Bohr's law. Not Rutherford's alpha model. No! It's the word of his power. I'm telling you, so many, so, many, so many of us are trapped in unbelief. It can happen to them, brother, but it will not happen to us. Your marriage can go straight, but it will never happen to me. It cannot happen. It will not happen. According to your faith. Can you believe, can you believe that? One, two fellows come to Jesus and says, Lord, we want our sight. Do you believe that I can do this for you? Think about one guy who says, no, yes, maybe Lord, one eye I can see, maybe. Other fellow says, both eyes, Lord. No chance. I want both eyes. Think about one fellow will say, you know what? He starts of a church of one eye. And the other fellow goes and starts a church of already division. 
Why? All because of your unbelief. Alright, let's move on. I, I, I said, there is no confusion when there is a personal testimony. Okay, I wrote this. The more doubts were being raised, the more resolute his faith was becoming. This can't happen. This can't happen. He says, you know what? I don't care. This happened to me. You can't change this. Let's move on. John's Gospel chapter 9, verse 18 onwards. Then they said to the blind man, what do you say about him? Because he opened your eyes. He said, he is a prophet. But the Jews did not believe concerning him that he had been blind and received a sight until they called the parents of him who had received the sight. So here in this, in this situation, what happened? He was anointed. Then he attested the miracle. And what has happened? No, the Jewish people come and accosted, meaning they confront him. Accosted, meaning to confront. This cannot happen. Then they call his parents. Was, uh, Verse 19, and they asked him, saying, Is this your son whom you, whom you say is blonde blind? How then does he not now see? His parents answered and said, We know that this, are, this is our son and that he was born blind. But by what means he now sees, we do not know. Or who opened his eyes, we do not know. He is of age. Ask him, he will. What is that? His parents abandoned him. We, got have, we have nothing to do with this. Why? Because they feared the Jews. How the fear of man brings a snare. Shipra, Shipra and Pufa, no? The two, Pua. The two housemates or rather midwives. If it is a boy, kill him. He will give you money. You know what the Bible says? They feared God. Amazing, isn't it? They feared God and God gave them ideas as to how to answer Pharaoh. Did I not tell you to kill them? Baba, our Israeli women are not like your Egyptian women. Israeli women, very tough. Your Egyptian women, very, very, very sensitive. Everything they have to put, you know, for pregnancy, slowly they have to take, slowly they have to bring and that also is not a guarantee. But our women are hard working. Even before the child goes into labor, she goes into labor, she brings for the man child. Amazing, isn't it? This is the idea. Because what? They feared God. You know what the Bible says? And God gave them what? Houses. Who are midwives? Midwives are those people who could not bear children. So they become what? Midwives helping others bear children. And because they feared God. What gave God gave them? Families now. Their own children. They feared God. Matthew chapter 10. Verse 34. Onwards. Do not think that I came to bring peace on earth. I did not come to bring peace but a sword. I will come to divide. Let's go on. For I have come to set a man against his father. A daughter against her mother. A daughter-in-law against her mother-in-law. And a man's enemies will be of, will be those of his own household. And then goes on to say, He who loves father or mother more than me is not worthy of me. And he who loves son or daughter more than me is not. So you know what they're saying? Hey, don't say this testimony. Hey, shh, don't, don't, please don't say anything about Jesus. And what he says? Resolute faith. I love Jesus more than I love my father and mother. 
Let's see the same chapter. Matthew chapter 10, verse number 26. Let's see that. Verse 26. Therefore do not fear them, for there is nothing covered that will not be revealed, and hidden that will not be known. And then goes on to say, what I have shown you, verse 27. Whatever I tell you in the dark, speak in the light. And what you hear in the hear in the ear, preach in the housetops. And do not fear those who kill the body and cannot kill the soul, but rather fear him who is able to destroy both soul and body in hell. So how do you escape hell? By having resolute faith. So he was abandoned. He was abandoned by his own. Then comes the next stage. John's Gospel, chapter 9, verse 24. So they again called the man who was blind. These, these people, they don't give up, isn't it? They want to force the lie out of you. you know? there's, a, there's a saying in literature. If you torture the text sufficiently, it will confess to anything. If you torture the text sufficiently, it will, it will confess to anything. It's like this, no? In our lab, we make the experiment wrong. But G is 9.8. So we will torture everything and get what? 9.8. And the guy will look at it and say, 9.8 you got? Nobody gets 9.8 in the lab. I made it. But a trained eye, you know. You cannot train some, so you cannot, you cannot, you cannot fool some professors, okay. They will look at the entire book. And they will go to the point where you made the mistake. You are hoping that in a volume of the things that you have written, that you can camouflage the lie. Vijay, how did you get this? Oh Lord, have mercy. That is the one thing which I thought he's going to overlook. But that's exactly the thing he asked. That's a trained eye. How do you get it? Remember the story? Of uh, the great man gave, he went to this professor. Professor, uh, one of the most toughest exams, one of the most toughest exams. Okay, most of them will fail. Everybody will get one. Sometimes, if you get one, you're 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 class topper of the class, and everybody gets negative ten, etc. One fellow in the exam was writing answers, additional after additional after additional after additional. Sir, additional. Sir, additional. These fellows were like, what's happening? Who's this genius? And then by the time the exam was over, there's one bundle, one student, and all the other students won one paper. So the professor graded everybody. Okay, he graded everybody. Okay, he graded everybody. And then he came came back to the class the next week and he says, he put the bundle on the side and he started calling all the other uh, all the other names and one everybody got sunna, arasunna, visarga, zero, two zeros and half zero. Okay. So he was distributing the class, uh, papers to everybody and then he said, he looked at all the answers. He took that bundle and he said, who wrote this exam? And he said something very powerful. He says, you know what? These answers are not right. They are not even wrong. <laughs> what is <it? laughs> they, what, what, what These answers are not right. They are not even wrong. They don't even qualify to be. What did you write? Do you know? If you torture the text sufficiently, you think that you can confess to anything. So they're trying to torture this fellow. It's like, you know, our, our third degree treatment in, in our 
in our police station torture him torture him torture him that fellow says yes i finally <laughs> i murdered <laughs> i killed i did everything i deserve life imprisonment he takes a life imprisonment and he goes but this man is made of what faith resolute faith look at what he says say the call again the blind man let's move on no verse 24 it's very interesting so they called the blind man and said to him what give glory to god we already know that he is a you know what this is an intimidation alarm he was alarmed where do you find this give glory to god where do you find this exact phrase give glory to god they know their text and this fellow also knows his text even though he's a blind man he read the braille version of the torah yeah i believe okay joshua chapter 7 verse 19 look at what it says joshua chapter 7 verse 19 joshua joshua 7 verse 19 7 verse 19. Joshua 7 and verse 19. Yeah. Now Joshua said to Achan, My son, I beg you, give glory <laughs> to God. Otherwise, what is going to happen to you? So exactly, you know, give glory to God. Otherwise, we are going to stone you with stones. We already know that this guy is a sinner. Otherwise, we are going to threaten you. Tell that this guy is not the person who healed you. Now, how can you change the testimony? You know, I remember, I remember Pastor James giving us this part of example of this old man of God. You know, he was like, ultimately he was on death row. He was going to be burnt at the stake because of his faith in Jesus Christ. Finally, they came to him and he said, old man, old man, to, to burn you alive, we are feeling bad. Why don't you just confess that Jesus is not Lord? Please, just let it go. They will leave you. You're an old man. To torture you, it's going to be a problem for us. We can't see you be tortured. You know what that man said? This man has been faithful to me all my life, my Jesus. And when it matters the most now, how can I deny him? Burn me. Doesn't matter. You know, when he was being burnt at the stake, there was a glory of God in his face. A special grace is given. Aiken, give glory to God. He's a sinner, we know. Let's go back to 9.25. And he answered and said, whether he is a sinner or not, I do not know. <laughs> Those categories don't, don't exist. But one thing I know for sure, I was blind, but now I am not going to change my testimony. This is resolute faith. You can alarm me, you can threaten me, you can do whatever it takes. But I am not going to change my testimony. I like Rahul Gandhi, you know, finally. You know what he said? Ultimately, even to the Supreme Court, I am not going to apologize. No, sorry. Some very powerful statements he made also. My name is Rahul Gandhi. I am not Rahul Savarkar. I said, Baba, where? Rahul Savarkar. My name is Rahul Gandhi and Rahul Savarkar. So I don't apologize. I I remember that scene in uh, Gandhi, right? They say, you are going to pay, so they see the entire court scene, Gandhi is there on the, on the, on the dock, and he doesn't have a, a counsel, defense counsel. So he says, uh, who's going to plead your case? He says, my lord, I plead my case because I'm also a barrister. Do you plead, plead guilty? No. There's an entire crowd there, no? They all are, like they're intimidated by the crowd, they say, finally, I'm going to release you on a bail of 100 rupees those days. 100 rupees. 
क्या बात है यस एंड यू नो वट इज आई रिफ्यूज टू पे अ बेल ऑफ हंड्रेड रुपीज दे आर शॉक्ट दर ब्रिटिश राज फॉल्स फ्लैट on one man who stands strong on his convictions like that and then he says i release you i <laughs> like that see i release you without a bail of 100 rupees and he releases him and you know you should see that scene you have tears in your eyes you cannot come back out of the movie without crying it's awesome one of the most poignant movies is imprinted in your brains no you know why because he stands this resolute faith you cannot change it you can torture me you can alarm me you can threaten me but how can you change this testimony this is visible man how can you call this false i was born blind look at what it says let's move on move on let's verse 26 then they said to him what did he do to you what did he give to you You know, it's like you know, you know, in our country, you know, when you become a believer, first they will ask you, which caste? Which caste? Which caste? Not that caste. You are not that caste. You are still a believer. How come? What did they give to you? What did they give to you? From America, huh? Dollars? What did they give to you? You cannot believe that you have changed your faith. What did he do to you? I was blind, but now I see, and I wish. You know what uh, Paul tells Agrippa? Agrippa, I was this man. I was killing, the, I was persecuting the Christians, and God gave me this vision. And from that day onwards, I was not disobedient to that heavenly vision. He never changes his testimony. And Agrippa says. you are trying to convert me also almost trying to convert me also you know what he says my lord i wish all of us were like me except these chains and this is much learning has made you mad personal testimony my dear brothers you know what that is the fifth gospel this is the gospel according to john and the gospel you write let's move on and he answered and said to him i told you already and you did not listen i mean this guy is getting exasperated he is losing his patience now look at this why do you want to hear it again baba do you also want to become his disciples do you also want to become christians you know edward williams was gave a fired up testimony recently you know he says One RSS guy, his friend, very good friend of him, he said. He told Edward Williams, he says, "Sir, whenever you speak, people are getting converted." He says, Edward Williams says, "Brother, it is not true. Come to my church, I will tell you." So the next day, he took him to church. He took him to church, and he showed him a man sitting at the end in the last. You see that man? That man has been coming to church for the past ten years, and for fifty-two Sundays, he always comes to church. He never misses church. Fifty-two Sundays, ten years, five hundred and twenty Sundays, he was there, and he's still not converted. He heard message after message after message after message, but he's still not converted. Don't tell me. When I speak, people get changed. Doesn't happen. I can give you data. 
goes on to say, he answered, verse 27, verse 27, and they, yeah, and they reviled him and said, you are his disciples, but we are what? Moses' disciples. And then he says, powerful, verse 29, we know that God spoke to Moses, as for this fellow, we do not know where he is from. The man answered and said, why? This is a marvelous thing. That you do not know where he is from, yet he has opened my eyes. You know, one of, I, I wrote this. I wrote this down, and let's move on. Let's move on. Let's finish this part. Uh, now we know that yeah, was thirty-two. Since the world began, it is unheard of that anyone opened the eyes of one who is blind. If this man were not from God, he could do nothing. I wrote this down just for you, for us to think. We are sometimes so pharisaical. We have already made up our mind about someone. We believe that he or she can never change. And even if he's changed, it is faking. We don't give people a chance at all. We don't believe that people can change at all. And we don't want people to change actually. You know why? If he changes, it's a threat to me. Think about it. We actually we like our young brother younger brothers to continue in their debaucherous lifestyle. He deserves it. May he never come back to church again. It's so pharisaical. We don't give people a chance at all. I mean, this is one of my big problems too. If once I make up my mind about somebody, so difficult for me to change. And my wife says, you know what? How many chances that God gave you? You already made up your mind about somebody. That's it. You're not going to change. You're like that. We're so, so pharisaical even in our thinking. We do not, in fact, we do not want people to change. Because then it justifies your analysis about them. I told you, I told you, I told you. You know something? Jesus knows all our thoughts, all our intentions, all our attitudes, and he even knows what we are going to do in the future, and he still calls us friend. Oh, you mighty man of valor. And Gideon is like, who is that? You. You. Mighty man of valor. Me, Lord? No chance. Yeah, absolutely. That's the point. No chance for others. No chance for you. But for me, all things are possible. So he was alarmed. But did he change? No. John's Gospel chapter 9, verse 34. Sorry, 33. If this man were not from God, he could do nothing. They answered and said to him, you were completely born in your sins and you are teaching us and they cast him out. That is when who comes now? Jesus comes. Let's see, verse 35. Jesus heard that they cast him out and when he had found him, he said to him, who found him now? He came back to see Jesus. You know what? He found him and he said to him, do you believe the son of God? Look at the change now. First from a man called Jesus. Next is, next is what? Prophet. Next, man of God. Fourth one, 
son of God. He answered and said, Who is he, Lord, that I may believe in him? Jesus said to him, You have both seen him and he is talking to you now. The sign ultimately took him to the Savior. You see that? There's only one person, if you look at the entire record in the Bible, who take the sign and follow the Savior. You see blind Bartimaeus, but I'm talking about Gospel according to John. He was anointed first. Second, he was, he attested the work of God in his life. He was accosted. He was threatened to change his testimony. He was abandoned by his family. He was threatened. He was alarmed. But he remained adamant. And then you know what? He finds Jesus and he is accepted. See, ultimately, you don't accept Jesus. He accepts you. But through it all, he maintained one thing. What is that? Resolute faith. And he never, ever changed his testimony. So the blind man teaches us some incredibly powerful lessons. We are coming into a day and age where our faith will be questioned, we will be threatened, we will be intimidated, doesn't matter where you live. You might live in India, you might live in Europe, you might live in America, doesn't matter where you are. And it says, they will kill you and they will think that they are doing what? God a favor. But what are you going to do when those times come? Are you going to abandon Jesus? Or even if everybody abandons you, are you going to cling to Jesus? The sign is supposed to take you to the Savior. So many signs that God has done in our lives. The very fact that we exist as a church today, through COVID, nothing has happened. All of us have jobs. Is a miracle in and of itself. Has it led to our Savior? Or are we still complaining? Some of us so easily give up coming to church. But that, that is anointing. We just need a reason why to not to come to church. I have to mention this. We have a Bible study in Tuesday. And the place where I go to are very simple people, okay? They don't understand English. And they're so grateful that I started the Bible study there. So every Saturday, you know what they do? They come with Avinash, his mother, and his brother who is MR. They come on a Saturday. They clean up the church. And they set up the church. You know why? Because they're grateful. The sign led to the Savior. And we can be 52 Saturdays, 52 Sundays, and several pastors' conferences, and Bible studies, but we are so busy for God on a Saturday. Let me tell you something. You put God as priority, God will prioritize your career. But if you prioritize your career, you will lose God, and you will lose your career, both. You prioritize God, 
God will prioritize your marriage. The wife will come to you like Isaac. But you prioritize your marriage. You will lose God and you will lose your marriage. You prioritize God and not your children. But you prioritize your children and not God. You will lose God and you will lose your children. And I'm telling that out of personal experience and testimony. I remember the days when we used to come to church on a Sunday, on a Saturday. Doesn't matter how busy we were, but we prioritized God. Used to come, it was a privilege, it was a joy. In fact, you know what we used to say? Don't clean the toilets. You know why? Don't steal my crown. That is how zealous we were. We used to fight to clean the most debaucherous, stinking toilets. It was, it was, it was, it was, it was, we used to have church in a place in Abits. We used to have some kind of parties just the day before. We used to, people used to get drunk and all booze used to be all around, vomiting all around. We used to go and clean up as a privilege. He prioritized God. God prioritized us. You prioritize yourself, your career and not God. You will lose both your career and God. Those who love themselves and love their lives, what will happen to them? They will lose it. But if you lose your life for my sake, what happens? You will find it. My dear brothers and sisters, the sign has to take it, take us to the Savior. And there's only one man in the entire gospel according to John who took the sign and went to the Savior. You know why? Because he had resolute faith. It started with the anointing and it ended with him being accepted. And through it all, with all the things that have happened to him, through it all, he became, he was, he remained steadfast in his testimony and he never gave up. May God bless us with that kind of a resolute faith. May he do this work in us and through us these days, in these last days, and the rest of the four months that we have, or for the five months that we have. Shall we all stand up this morning? Shall we pray and say, Lord, just in your own words, come back to him this morning. August is a new month. New day, new week. God is a God who gives us chance after chance. He will. He has not dealt truly with us according to our sins. He has not rewarded us truly according to our iniquities. But as the heaven is high above the earth, so great was his mercy toward us. And as far as the east is from the west so far has he removed our transgressions from us so this morning let's ask God and say Lord even if everybody abandons me I don't want to abandon you I want to abandon myself to you we want to say like Peter Lord where shall we go you and you alone have the words of life thank you Lord for the privilege of being called your children We don't want to shorten your hand in our lives because of our unbelief. 
And from this blind man, we are, we learn one powerful lesson, O Lord, that you intervene in our situations, even though we do not even ask for it. This blind man was begging for arms, but he received a sight because Jesus intervened. And this sin was not because of the sins of his forefathers. It was just that the works of God may be revealed in him. And I pray, Lord, that this morning you would intervene in somebody's life this morning who has faith. You know people who have faith and who have not faith. And your word says, O Lord, the word of God has got power to work in those who believe. And I pray, Lord, this morning that you would, Lord, cause faith. That you will cause the gift of faith to to, to birth in our hearts, O Lord. Repentance, O Lord, where repentance is needed. That we will change from our old ways. That we will embrace, O Lord, your ways. And through it all, we will not change our testimony. That we will attest the work of God in our lives, no matter what the cost. Because We are in here not to seek a miracle, but we are here to seek you, O Lord. We seek the giver and not the gift. Jesus, rid us of any vestige of self-interest that we may have. The craving for honor from men, especially, O Lord. What people think, think about us, we are so careful about that. This morning, O Lord, what you think about us matters. What you see matters. May you work in us. May you do a deeper work in our hearts. Write your laws in the tables of our heart. Cause us to walk in your ways. We thank you. We praise you. We worship you. And even as your children, go into another week. I pray, Lord, that the blessings of the living God will pursue them and overtake them. That you would go ahead of them and straighten crooked paths for them. That you will open doors for them. But in all the things that they do, O oh Lord, let them seek you. Seek you. And be resolved. To follow you and not to change our testimony. Thank you, Lord. We praise you. We give you glory. For in Jesus' mighty name we pray. Amen. May the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, the love of the Father, and the fellowship of the Holy Spirit, Rest and abide with each one of us. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen, amen. Bless you.